What's something that people pay a lot for that you wouldn't? Makeup. Lashes. <laughs> Frost. Clothes. Why? Oh Are you okay? Gosh, what's going on here? He's crying. Uh. This is the second time today that you've cried. Uh. <laughs> Shamir, uh. you have a flawed answer. What? Why do I have a flawed answer? Well, first of all, are you going to explain why you're laughing or should we just continue with the conversation? Why I'm laughing? Mm -hmm. I don't, why was I laughing again? Because we had to redo the intro. <laughs> <laughs> we like answered our question and then Shamir was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I thought it was still the podcast. We're like, why are we holding on, Shamir? It's, it's honestly a rollover of laughter and oh, cry. It's, you, know, you know how like minutes used to like roll over? Uh -huh. Do they still do that? No. You know when minutes we have unlimited minutes now, Frost. Oh, yeah, yeah, Why yeah. would they roll over? Well, some people might, might not have that plan, but minutes used to like roll over, and then you would get those minutes for the following month yeah. for for phone calls. Mm -hmm. And what happened now was like there was just so much happening yeah. <laughs> today, and this happens sometimes. You know where you're mm -hmm. just like thinking about something else, and then something slight happens and just triggers triggers the rollover <laughs> minute, the rollover laughter. Right. And for me, it was the rollover cry to see how it. Yeah. There you go. Because you because you needed to cry earlier. I felt tears in my tear glint. Ducks. Deer ducks. <laughs> and they just burst from the laughter. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about how other people pay a lot for clothing. And like literally clothing is just fabric. And because it has a brand attached to it, you can just make it worth something. But then you can get the same thing from like China. With the same exact brand name uh -huh. and it, and get it like significantly cheaper. Well, that's the obvious one, right? Like it's like we all have to wear clothes and we're all going to either choose. Do we want to attach like this, you know, like level of like whatever you feel towards it to this brand or whatever? Or am I going to save money and not do that? Like, But it's not even about saving money. Sometimes it's just about like. If you go to a wedding mm -hmm. and somebody says like, oh, like this suit was like $700 mm -hmm. and you're wearing one that's like 100 or 200 and like you really like in a picture or whatever else, like you really can't tell. It's just like, I don't know. Is that, mm. I mean, I get like sometimes you can't even see the brand name. I get like there's quality and stuff, but like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of the times it is quality, right? Like if you want for a cold weather, right? You need a nice jacket, right? Yeah. You could get away with a cheaper jacket, but a lot of the high-end jackets, they but do like, have- Do you need a Canada goose? Yeah, no, you don't. No, right. Yeah, yeah but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, sometimes it's just the way that somebody sells you on something. It's like, why is this worth $700? Oh, it must be good quality. It must, mm -hmm. you know. And sometimes like it's the stitching and like some people care a lot about that stuff. You know, and, I say, But that's I say, also if you're holding something for like, I would say to make it worth its money- generation right like oh I want to like this is my wedding dress and I want to give it to my daughter so I want a good quality wedding dress or like I want to have like you know it's my best friend's wedding or whoever and I want to have a really good dress the problem that I have with that personally that I this is a recent realization I've had um is that like if you're wearing and especially in desi culture we only wear our desi outfits two to three times max and that's like over the course of a few years 
and we spend $200 on it due to quality. And I'm like, I don't need good quality as long as it looks good. I don't care what material it is. I don't care what it's, what's happening. Well, Amber, as long as, as, as I can I'm recall, wearing you've it. had some uh, dress mishaps. What? Like where your dress, like something cuts or something. Where? What? Your sister's wedding? Is that what it is? It was, yeah, it was your sister's bridesmaid oh. and her, my dress ripped open. But that was, <laughs> that was a uniform dress that we all had. And it wasn't like a quality thing. It was a mass production thing. We had 10 of them made. Yeah. So some people's like, I guess, sizings got mixed up. And yeah. my- no, because that's happened to me where like, I was like, oh, this is cheaper. I'll just go with this. And then it's like ripped mm-hmm. or it's like something like a button or a zipper like broke or like fell apart. Has, has there been something where you got something really nice and it was like worth it? In terms yeah, of Lululemon. Clothing? Lululemon, okay. A hundred percent. I was like, I'm the biggest buyer for something like cheaper because I'm like wearing it a few times, especially vacation clothes. I refuse to spend a lot of money on vacation clothes because I'm only wearing them on vacations. But, you know, I bought every type of legging under the sun when I started working out. I bought an Old Navy. I bought a Walmart. I bought like literally a American Eagle, any type of legging you can think of, I bought, right? In different sizes, different um, qualities, Nike, everything. Sometimes that is the case. Sometimes it is that like, I'm not like, oh yeah, I'm never going to buy anything brand new. Not at all. It's mm-hmm. just if I like something, mm-hmm. am I willing to pay what it is? And sometimes the case is that, yes, this is worth it. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, when it comes to like, um, for example, Nike, right? It just feels different when you have yeah. like the right shoe on or like the right sports equipment and stuff that's not going to rip apart or whatever else. And so then when you wear it, you're just like, oh, yes, like this is this feels right. That's why I always say the only brand name that I'm willing to spend my money on is athletic wear because I like that's the only time for me personally that quality matters because how it like works with your body and like how well it steams are there's. Seams. Seams are made matters because how many times am I going to have to sew up these pants? Like that's like convenience, right? But if I'm wearing something once in a blue moon, it's something like a Gucci or like a high end thing that I cannot really wrap my head around about how like personally where I could be like, yes, I'm going to buy a $1,400 bag and it's going to be worth it for me. That doesn't mean that somebody else can't value it. And it's like invalid for them because some people have that attachment. Some people might not have the attachment to athletic brands like I do either. But yeah. What was your guys' answers? I'm against Shamir's. I said makeup. I'm against that. Why? Because there's no instance where that truly, truly matters for you. Like this is something that would apply to you that you would refuse to spend your money on. Yeah. But do you spend money on expensive makeup? (laughs) I mean, I spend money on good quality makeup because that's something about how it blends, right? Um, no, what you're saying is that he doesn't use makeup, exactly. so it doesn't matter. Right. What about like facial, like yeah. a cleanser or mm-hmm. like a lotion? Skincare. Uh, oh, 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 trimmer. Trimmer. Yeah, mine's like really cheap. It's like the eight in one. So it's like mm. body trimmer, face trimmer, like all that stuff. Oh, so okay. you don't care? Um, No, I don't. I mean like um, for where I would care is like costume design and stuff like that. Like a Halloween. I would still buy cheap makeup, but I would do a lot with it. Right, I would Wait, like do the face paint. So and all you that care stuff. about good quality Halloween costume? No, no, not even that. I would make good stuff out of cheap stuff. Oh, so like even then, right? Most people, most guys don't use makeup, right? But in my situation, if I did, I would still use cheap makeup, but I would make it the work. best out of make it work yeah. and all that stuff. So. so I mean, so a lot of times guys don't realize the reason why 
makeup tends to cost more when it, even though you can make cheap makeup work, it's the level of pigmentation and it's actual pigmentation, the pigment that costs the amount of money. So like specific coloring? So think about it this way. It's like, you can have the same color and you can have like L'Oreal and you can have the same color and you can have like Tarte, right? Which is a high-end brand. So the price difference is Charles. Would, uh, Morphe. Uh, so basically the difference would be like an $8 L'Oreal foundation versus like maybe a 38 or $42 higher end thing. If I put the L'Oreal on one side and you can see straight through it, but it, the color's there, it doesn't matter. Whereas if I put it on this end, on the other side of my face and you don't see anything with it and it covers more and you can use less product, be able to cover your whole face more and like it sits better, then it's going to be costing more. You can get an eyeshadow that's really cheap and you can put like blue on your eye, right? And it will be completely see-through. Yeah. It's just a not worth it. Makeup master over here. But you have a like makeup for different occasions, right? You have like cheaper makeup because maybe it's not like, you know, maybe you don't go out as much like this day or whatever, or like a high-end event. I would You'll- say that my makeup's all pretty middle and makeup yeah. because- Makeup that I wear on a regular day is just less uh, bright or less excessive in color and like eccentric doesn't change in the like quality of what I'm wearing. Okay, so you get the standard quality that you would normally get. Yeah, between like a 20 and $30 range, I would say that I fall right there. But okay, what was yours? Mine was lashes because I'll spend money on nails all day because it's like right here. It's in my face. It's something that I value. Um, but lashes... How much do you guys think that fake lashes cost when people put them in? Like uh, they're, they're called lash extensions. Are you guys aware of what lash extensions are? Yeah. People tell me I have lash extensions on. Okay. So like they're basically extensions that they put in between your lashes to make it look like they're your natural lashes, but they're bigger. A lot of people that I know slash like, you know, any type of cosmetic person, like my microblader, she had lash extensions. How much do you think that lash extensions go for? I think you, it's one of those things where you put a quarter in and then turn it and then it pops out of one of those, like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does, don't machines. they have those little like cheap cases they sell like in the front and stuff like that? Like how you would get like a bouncy ball mm-hmm. from like a yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. wise or something. Did you just put it in and then it comes out? Oh, cool. These are two inches long. Oh, you got the seven inch one. Could I buy that? That's how it works. So how, so put a price tag on that. Yeah, 25 cents, 50 cents. Okay. <laughs> I would say Realistic. Uh, since you're asking me, uh, I probably think it's a little higher. Um, I'll say, you know, $30, $40. Okay. Lash extensions start at $125. No, they don't. Yes, they do. $0.25. Cents. $100 if you want the bare minimum. 200 if you want them done like with a good amount of volume. Why? Because they're being put in each lash, each hair. Oh, so the, so the service. The service, but also yeah, you, you, you can't apply yeah. it. You can't apply it. Wait, why not? Because they take each individual lash, one piece of lash. Are we not talking about the same thing? No, you're talking about the lashes that I put right on top. The lash strip. That's lashes. This is lash extensions. It's like the they put an individual lash within each lash to make it look bigger. They like attach them and adhere them. Why not just put lash extensions? They last for four weeks. Yeah, Walmart, you can get some lashes for three bucks. That's lashes. <laughs> We're talking about lash extensions. Who cares? Why not just they do lash They last for four weeks. I take my lashes off at the end of the day, as you guys have probably noticed. Actually, your lashes usually come off. Right. Via the wind, via some water. Last night, it was just because of time. Like, you know, it, they come off. Lash extensions last an entire month. 
without anything. And you don't put mascara on at all. Yeah. Anyways. Sounds annoying. (laughs) (laughs) It's expensive and I would not spend money on it. Although if somebody wants me to be an ambassador for your lash brand, let me know. Look at Amber. Wow. She's getting all these brand deals and all this stuff. Like you could just, if you're an influencer, just like, yo, let me check out your stuff. Is that your goal? No, but right now I have like half of my routine and done in collabs. So I'm enjoying it. Damn. So far. What a flex. Well, welcome guys to <laughs> the strangest and greatest podcast in the game. This is Strange Flavors. My name is Shamir. I, I'm for us. My name is Amber. Are you okay, Shamir? And this is brought to you by LF Theory. You'd like to email us or send us your music at strangeflavorspodcast at gmail.com. You can reach us anywhere. <laughs> And yeah, if you'd like to get this dope Strange Flavors merch, you can go to at strangeflavors.store. And if you'd like to support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes, there is a link down below and be part of Strange Flavors Town. Strange Flavors Town includes Bobber's Bagels, Cassie's Cupcakes, Airhuds, Icy's, Freehuds, Flaffles, Uslums, Apples, Shamil, Shawarmas. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you asking if he's okay? Because he was so like me too. He was like, welcome back to Strange Flavors. You just had some, co- you need to finish that coffee cup. Listen, guys, what happened is- And Frost is over here laying down across the couch. Uh, feet up the, and all. The laying down is not from the tiredness. It's from the um, <laughs> mental exhaustion of what I went through today. Yeah. I I drank somebody else's, um, what was it in it? Liquid, Liquid I. IV uh, from their <laughs> bottle. And- <clears throat> It just put my body in a state of absolute shock and disgust. Ross, to begin with, is a germaphobe. And would you say that that's correct? Not like a Howie Mandel germaphobe, but I like to keep my spaces and places clean and tidy. Right. And you don't like it to be swapped with other people. And Definitely so, not that. Right. And so uh, we had somebody here who ha- had put the liquid IV powder. It's just like an electrolyte powder that you put into water. Frost just casually picks it up and just takes a little <laughs> swish of it. Please, and immediately- please, no, no, no super like descriptive stuff. And he I'm, quite I'm literally got up and just like freaked out and said that this is the first time that he felt like he was going to cry since his sister's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally word for word what he said. All right. A little dramatic. There. Did you not say I that? I did say that, but I was being a little bit dramatic. You said that seems. your tear ducts activated. You know, it was, it was certainly something to go through. What mm-hmm. I, and did you feel like you're about to like cry out loud? I felt like I was going to throw up. <laughs> it's just the thought of like, it's not even about like, you know, it's, it's not about other people. It's just about like the thought of somebody else having that like on their mouth, drinking it, like, you know, Bring saliva it back getting up. in there. And then like, now that's in my, like you're, I mean, you handshake with people, you know, you hug, you do, but you're not like exchanging fluid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you definitely, like if somebody that. sneezes on you, don't you ever like, just feel like, you need to just break your, like rip your skin off and like get rid of it. If I didn't it's work so with kids, gross. yes. But like kids sneeze on me now. So I'm a little used to it, but I do think it's disgusting. Yes. I have to take a shower. I've had, like, yeah, I've had kids sneeze on possible. me and I just like freeze. And I'm like, like, I don't want to swap. I don't yeah. like breathe in at that point. I want to go to the bathroom and wash like 
the layer off. <laughs> I like picked up this thing that we <sighs> needed for our music video that we're shooting today. And I picked up my niece and she looks me straight in the face, like straight in the eyes. And she coughed like uh, right at my face. And her mom was like, see, that's sorry, you have to put your hand up when you're going to cough. So she puts both hands up in the air and then continues to cough on my face. I almost see, lost it. It depends on a relationship too, because mm-hmm. when you are around somebody a lot, like especially when it's family, mm-hmm. then it's not as bad. Yeah. Although it's still kind of gross, it's not as bad. Like as far as sharing drinks and stuff, not at all. Mm-hmm. But um, sneezing and stuff, like yeah, it's kind of bad. But when somebody random does, like if you're yeah. on a subway or something, somebody sneezes, it's the end of the world. Yeah. And those Mucinex commercials don't help because now I imagine those little green germies, like when people sneeze. The talking ones? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> since COVID too, we've seen so many just like displays of like, oh, this is how- um, germs travel and all of that. I'm just like, I was probably better off not knowing all this. Yeah. But also we've like the reason, um, you know, Shamir's a little bit tired. Everybody's a little bit, you know, off. groggy. Off. Um, off is because, yeah, we've had this music video shoot for the um, last two days. Our final shoot is tonight. It's going to be a banger, it's guys. A banger. Like We're doing everything we banger. can yeah. for you guys because um, we promise that this album, this upcoming album is going to be like, Hot, hot, hot. So we want to make it uh, best as it can get. Um, <laughs> nice and so, description. And so, yeah, we've been spending a lot of time making like all these little intricacies of this album and this music video particularly work out. Um, but yeah, it, it comes with a, a certain lifestyle that you have to be ready for. Yeah, like, um, I don't know if I want to spoil it, but we were filming at a store mm-hmm. and it required, and the store usually requires a lot of work. It's somebody that works there seven days a week, all year round. Mm-hmm. And they were looking at us working or like filming in the store. And they were like, dang, this is crazy. This is hard work. And we're like, oh, like this is, I mean, that's mad props from coming from yeah. someone who owns a store. You know? How many takes that, you know, you have to do. And even if like the technical aspect of the camera works right, sometimes the acting is off and like, yeah. there's a lot of elements and, to it. But I mean, go ahead. And like, we've, been doing this right it's not like this is brand new it's Mm -hmm. just we've upgraded our equipment everything has been upgraded i think like everything down to even how we like think about it and like uh oh how even we execute it or if something would have been okay before it's not okay anymore yeah like now we have to standard is higher standards way higher yeah Yeah. like we love expectations are higher expectations are higher and all this equipment, little intricacies, we're like, okay, now we can't just record how we have been like on a phone. We've done whole music videos mm-hmm. on a phone or like our DSLRs that we're used to. Now these bigger things, it's like, yo. The thing is, um, up. I've always had a belief that if you write it down and not necessarily even just like physically write it down, but just, you know, put it out into the world that it's possible. It's like manifestation, but not really like that. It's more so like, if we're talking about a script, for example, mm-hmm. of how we want a video to go, write the idea down. Don't think it's too um, out there or that it's not possible. Um, there's a way to execute it, right? Mm-hmm. The thing that's changed the most is that the more um, attention we get, the more options become available. And so originally when something was like, oh, we'll just boot like this and boot like that. Screen this, do this. We're very blessed that we have so many amazing people and connections and every friend that Amber has on the face of the earth (laughs) 
that we have at our fingertips that are willing to, you know, propose ideas to us like, hey, if you ever need this shop or this lounge or these cars or whatever for your video, it's available. And now when we still write those ideas down, um, we are actually able to get a lot of the things that we had planned for. Without spending the money on it. Yeah. Because whenever we think about something, we like put out like, wouldn't it be cool if we could do this? Like we have, like what haven't we been able to do? <laughs> like God we've bless. given yeah. everything we've from planes. We've pulled off a plane, boat. Um, ca- like nice. fancy cars, Lamborghini, uh, what is it? Limousines. Like we've, whatever we wanted, we have attained. And that was through like amazing people, amazing, amazing people, connections, it. network, and people who have respect for us. And, you know, we'll always remember that along the way that those people helped us build to who we are. Yeah. Um, do you want to, uh, it's kind of all text time. Okay. Um, what's it called? Oh yeah. Um, I was, I was reading a tweet recently by our friend Atif, who is at happy Monday. And, um, this kind of reminded me of that of like they've they're awesome and they're really inspiring to us they've like upgraded and actually gotten a studio and all of that and it's so cool to see and he was saying that like on fourth of july and holidays he's still working because now that it's his place he still has to do everything with it and so i was just thinking of like you know this kind of around the clock lifestyle we've seen it with casey neistat where every single day he has to edit and come up with the story and all of that when he was daily vlogging, like it, if you continue down this path, it never ends. So like what we experience of like, you know, just having complete sort of like, um, around the clock work going on at some point, um, down the line, if we continue to do it, like you have to sign up for this and be ready for that. And that's what I was just like thinking of, um, what Atif said. And I was just like, yeah, like that's crazy. He's at a level that like we would like to get to someday and it's still like, mm-hmm. he's still doing it because he loves it that much. Yeah. But I definitely thank you to everybody who's allowed us to continue doing it as far as we've done it. And we hope to make you proud and happy with what we're producing. Yeah. Um, In the midst of all this, um, I haven't taken a hot shower in a long time. <laughs> and because cold showers just like make you feel so much better, I've realized. And just like, the benefits of it and all of that. Do you, do you go straight into the cold shower or do you like I've, go hot? I've, I've started, no. I recently have just gone straight into the cold shower and- What kind like, of human are you? Try to like catch my breath basically because it's so cold. Yeah. But then- I would do that and I'd be like, oh my God, this sucks. And then like a minute later, you're like, oh, this is chill. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. And anything slightly warmer is bad. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. But this Because I just like was running around and I was sweaty and then I went into a hot shower and I felt disgusting. Yeah, I mean, that's true too. It's really hard in the winter, of course. But um, this morning, I turned on the hot shower. And if you go in hot, you can't go cold. Yeah. And that hot shower was scolding hot. Yeah. I went back to my ways. Oh, I need that back you in feel my good? life. I feel, you know, as a kid, mm-hmm. I used to take hot, hot, scolding hot showers as a kid. Mm-hmm. I'd stay in there forever. And my parents were like, you got to like calm down because one, you're burning your skin, but also you be going crazy with a water bill. Mm-hmm. But we're not playing it that way anymore. Um, today was just a cheat code. because I was just like, you know what? I'm tired. Let me just- You deserve it. Yeah. Before school, I used to do that. Oh my God. I would not get out of the shower. Because you didn't want to go to school. Well, that, but also it was a hot shower. Yeah. And that that felt so good. If, when you're tired, you're just like- 
You know how like you get cozy? Mm-hmm. You just want to feel like, so good. You just want to sleep in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to do your article? Yeah. Right. Okay, so I found this article that says seven behaviors that enhance your desirability. And I thought it was funny because I think that like desirability, like, you know, when we ask you to like, oh, like, what do you want somebody? Like, we all kind of say different things. What do you want? What do you seek in a guy or girl? So, like, yeah. That type of thing. So this is not like overall. It's like for relationship. It's a, essentially. Uh, it's, I guess, things that would um, make you more wantable instead of like the checklist things. Like things, I yeah, guess. Yeah, like, like anybody could do these things and it's kind of like. Whatever. Yeah, they would make you more desirable. Well, let's see what it is though. Okay, so let's start with the first thing, which says own your most embarrassing feature. Ooh, I really like that. Yeah. That's fire. That's really fire. It says, but, well, I own my this? most embarrassing feature and magically it made me more desirable. If you're one of those few people who love every inch of their body, consider yourself lucky. This is for people who fret over their few extra pounds or seating hairline or oddly shaped, uh, whatever. All you need yeah. to do is own it, flaunt it, like you're proud of it. I mean, you know, with insecurities in general, right? Like that's the biggest sort of thing that um, prevents you from just existing at times, but also just being yourself. Yeah. And oh my God, like I can speak on that forever of like just owning everything about yourself and making fun of yourself and, you know, getting rid of that portion so then you can continue to be yourself. That's what makes comedians like so like top tier in a way right. too. It's like they're just untouchable in a way because there's nothing you can say about them that they won't say about themselves. That's what it is. It's being untouchable at a point. Not not in some like, oh, like I'm better than everybody. But mm -hmm. like just like, you know, there's nothing that could get to you that would bring you down. And it, you can truly. It, it's like saying the taboo stuff that a lot of people wouldn't say about themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, comfortably like, oh, other people feel this about this, uh, feel themselves about this way. Mm. I also think it takes themselves. away from other people's noticing it, right? Like say, for example, like you have some sort of thing that's just like weird that like, you know, that people would notice. Or A like huge long schlong. Or something, oh. right? Well, <laughs> <laughs> see a long schlong? I said a long schlong. Are people noticing that? Like, how I are think, they going to? I think if you had that, you'd probably be like yeah. wearing some tight sweatpants or something and be like, oh, Gray oh, you oh, guys, I just want to let you know before, uh, you know, anybody points it out. Yeah. That the schlong long. <laughs> this, this banana is bigger than usual. Oh my so, God. so I'm sorry guys. Like I'm pretty insecure about it. <laughs> what? <laughs> like I think that if somebody has something that's like an outward feature or maybe trait, like, you know, maybe they have like, you know, a speech impediment of some sort or like, you know, whatever. And they say it and then, you know, it kind of clears it up and takes it out the way. Like, oh, we both acknowledge that that's mm -hmm. there. Then I think it like, that that in itself is attractive, but it also like takes away from like, you know, the awkwardness of it in a way. Yeah. And, and um, I think what Shamir was kind of like alluding to earlier is just like that when other people do it, then it makes you, um, it inspires you to be able to also come out with like uh, being okay about a certain feature or something. I know for like um, me or like maybe a lot of South Asian kids, when you see uh, representation, uh, that helps a lot. Like I know that it, sometimes it seems like, oh, whatever, like why are we trying to be so diverse, whatever. But in in the role of like when you don't, when you're not used to seeing um, somebody in like a cool uh, sort of role mm -hmm. or like, you know, 
like a Zayn Malik, for example, mm. think whatever you might about Zayn, but like they see boys and like, I guess even girls to a degree, were like so just um, f- lifted a lot of them because they were like, oh, he shares a certain quality with me mm-hmm. and I, it makes me want to be proud of who I am. Yeah. And then like to a, I guess like people that, someone like a Kumail Nanjiani, he's just very proudly like uh, sporting his, not sporting, but like just um, has an accent Mm -hmm. um, and like is a movie star literally. And like, you know, he's hairy and whatever else. And sometimes he makes fun of how he looks and all that. Like even going to the accent thing, like Arnold, right? right? One of the biggest action movie stars, movie stars of all time. Like a lot of people are telling him like, um, you're you're not going to be anything with your accent and mm. stuff like that. And so then he just bulked up, got huge. And, and he like, made that accent famous. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you remember what's it called. There's a lot of things inspired by him, but like, you remember like uh, Jordan Vaughn Strangle or something from the Fairly Odd Parents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Arnold. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's a lot of things like that. That's mm-hmm. a dope one. Mm-hmm. The next one says, be first to speak in defense of someone else. Mm. I think this is like really high up there for me. Wait, uh, be first to speak up. Okay. How? So basically, don't be a bystander. Bystander or like, um, like even when there's just like some, you know, a group of people or whatever. And like somebody's like very clearly howling down on somebody. Mm-hmm. And we like, obviously that's bystander. But there is a certain level of attraction for somebody caring about that person and being able to call out that person and put them back in their place. And you're not doing it to be macho. You're not doing it to put down that person, but to let them know like, yo, like this person is not to be messed with. It doesn't matter. But it also goes, it doesn't always have to be in that way. Sometimes it's a, it's a way in which like you're just going out of the way to help somebody or something. Yeah. Like I can, I can point out a um, specific example to our friend Uzefa, shout out Uzefa. Um, who one time we were at Six Flags and somebody was like struggling, like they had some sort of a physical disability. Um, They couldn't get up when they were around like the water squirters or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, like somebody was trying to help them up, but couldn't really. And we were just kind of like, our group of friends were walking by and we kind of like looked at it and we were like, oh, okay. And just kept walking. Cause I don't know, like sometimes you don't just- Sometimes sometimes you think they have like a person with them that's helping them and you don't want to like, you know. Yeah, uh, but our friend Uzefa, like- he ran over as soon as he saw it, helped the person up. And it was such a small sort of easy yeah. thing to do that even I was like, wow, like why didn't I do that? You know? Yeah. And and it made me look at Uzef as like, what an incredible person. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just like, I, I'll always think of him yeah. highly because of little actions like that. Yeah. They close this off by saying there could be a mis- mis- misattribution of arousal with fear or anxiety as these off as these are often tense situations, whatever the reason, it's not just the right thing to do, but it makes you desirable. Mm. So that's cool. Um, now, I don't know about these ones, but what do you guys feel? It says, be the weird one everybody talks about. Uh, it says- if, if it's not uh, forced. When the rest of us are- uh, this, What do you This brings that? up Hannah and it says, when the rest of us are geared up to go clubbing after work, she cha- she, she would change into a dress and go jazz- Go to a jazz bar by herself. Behind her back, we'd laugh at her. A jazz bar? Seriously? Who would do that? But whenever she was around, every guy hovered around her like a desperate groupie trailing a rock star. Her weirdness made her seem exotic, even though you could you would never notice her in a crowd. Everyone has her thing, like their passion they keep under wraps because it cuts against the grain. 
I think that's just saying be unique. I don't think that mm-hmm. like be the necessarily be the weird one. Yeah. What were you talking about? Like it depends. Well, I th- yeah, like when people uh, force it, like yeah. um, they want to be the center of attention, mm-hmm. and they'll maybe travel places just to like have a story and tell mm-hmm. the story in a certain way, and it's probably super exaggerated. But they go in these circles and try to be the weird one. Like, oh yeah, I tried this. Oh, I'm so different. Yeah. Not even weird. Like, I'm different. Yeah. And you can tell easily when it's like forced and when it's natural. Mm -hmm. I think this is what you were saying. Like, just owning your uniqueness or like, you know, not hiding it. Okay. The next one says, reveal your artsy side. Um, Any form or even craft enhances your attractiveness. Even... You don't even have to be an expert. Expert, If you've got a secret book of poetry you've been writing since you're 12, tell, tell people about it. Sure. The same goes if you blow glass or carve ice castles over the weekend. Just, just, sorry, I cannot speak today. <laughs> we get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Demonstrating Reveal skill it. as an art form or craft makes you interesting because it reveals something about you and how you see the world. I think um, the times have changed where it seems that everybody has an artsy side at this point. You mm. could pull out your Instagram and be like, oh, look at my aesthetic. Or whatever it is. Or like, I have a podcast. I have this and that. We're all in that way. I say don't reveal it. I say, you know, be yourself in whatever way. Like, I, if you're passionate about that, that's cool. But like, let it reveal itself. Yeah. I don't think you mm-hmm. should walk around saying, I'm a writer. I'm a mm-hmm. painter or whatever. Like, you know, post about it. Cool. Like, that's your thing. You want to mm-hmm. market yourself, all that. That's cool. But like, I don't think that that should be take over like a personality or something. Yeah. Also, it's bet it's like amazing when you find out somebody's that yeah, thing. Exactly. Like, that's you're like, it. what? Like you write, you yeah. do this, and then let me see it. And then you see the work and you're like, oh, this is amazing. We've seen like the the super spectrum of it because of, you know, everyone, you know, that finds out about us or something, like already knowing what we do. And sometimes when I go into a like a brand new crowd where I'm a stranger and they don't know any of that, but I'm accepted for everything except that. And then when they find out that, you know, I make music and have all this art and everything, I mean, like, you know, the reaction you're going to get already. And we've been doing it for a long time. So like there's a level of professionalism. So, you know, we kind of know that that would be an easy like way Mm -hmm. to make it in. But when you're accepted and everything without that, and then they find out, um, then they have a better experience too. Because mm-hmm. yeah. they, if they already like you and then they find out about all this stuff, then now the relationship gets stronger. So, yeah, we're also in like a weird, saturated part of like brown creatives where, like, like we know their artsy side first. Mm-hmm. And then we get to know, like, what do they do for a day job and like what's all their like normal things later. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's probably for normal people. Like, you know, if you work a nine to yeah. five, then you're not boasting your artsy side first, you yeah. know? Um, okay, so uh, the next one is get your shit together. We like people who've got their shit together, but what does it mean? Um, basically, refrain from uh, your worst tendencies. There'll be times in your life where you don't have your shit together. That's okay. Um, but you eventually want to have it together and manage your stress successfully. That's not, I don't know about this one. This this one comes, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you don't just decide. I mean, I'm going to get at my times, shit together. At times you can because it's like, oh, for this week, I'll get it together for whatever. But like overall, I think um, that's a really difficult sort of like yeah. thing to try well, to accomplish. Well, I don't know about you guys, but like sometimes in high school, you know, like those type of people, they're like 
folders organized. Like they go to mm. every class on time. Like mm-hmm. they get A's. They make sure they get those grades. You can kind of tell like those are the type of people that get their shit together, you know? But is it because sometimes we see people with messy rooms and um, kind of all over the place. They might dress a certain way. Um, and then, you know, they might be, they might have a sort of different approach to life. And then I'm more interested in like, what's the underlying sort of bigger issue here, right? Like you're, you might be messy or something and you could clean the apartment or the room, but what's really like driving that stress. Mm -hmm. And so get your shit together could be, oh, clean this up and make it look presentable. Or it could be like, forget this. Like, what's the bigger issue here? Do you need to go to therapy? Do you need to fix your mm-hmm. job? Do you need to fix a relationship? What's going on? Yeah. How many are left? Let's um, wrap this up. Yeah. I think, yeah. Okay, I'll leave my uh, personal things from that. But <laughs> yeah, and I think getting your shit together is different for everybody. Yeah. Like yeah. for me, it was simply as waking up earlier. That helped me get my shit together because I was not the person I wanted to be. But you know, that goes differently for everybody. Okay. Act like you can learn something from everyone you meet. Love that. Mm -hmm. But not even act like it. Genuinely. We talked about this later, but it's good to be a student of the world. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's what you'll learn on the podcast today. Later. Yeah. Okay. Balance mystery with too much information. Huh? We need some clarification on this one. (laughs) This is like a story, but it says... Okay, in my experience, mystery lights match. Uh, mystery lights the match of attractiveness, but brutal honesty fa- fans the flames. Okay, so like, be mysterious, but also don't try to act like you're being mysterious. Like you can have an element of mystery, but don't be all mystery because um, the balance of it, I guess. What does that mean? Just like not being too vocal about your stuff, like or be vocal about yourself. Uh, with a hint of mystery instead of being all mystery with no vocal about yourself. So like slowly sprinkle your information, I'm guessing, At right? some point, you need to solve the mystery. You can't hold back forever. In time, the sense of intrigue wanes and transitions like of caginess and suspicion. What is he hiding from me? Well, this goes back to our conversation about the artsy thing. Like don't reveal your artsy side completely. Like have something, you know, that you keep to yourself and then eventually like in conversation. It comes down to self-awareness. Like how artsy are you really, you know? Mm -hmm. I Um, think too much mystery allows for people to uh, build skepticism on you, which then would take away from their desire, your desirability aspect. Yeah. Uh, Which I really like the, uh, why it's this balanced mystery. Mm -hmm. Like, because you need a good balance of that. Mm -hmm. I think that's well worded. Yeah. These were really cool. Yeah. And now we are going to attempt to get our shit together because there's people waiting at the door. Yeah. Um, Two people. And we have our final shoot today. So bear with us, people. Thank you for bearing with us. Um, The stranger today is a friend who flew all the way from Portland, Oregon to be on this podcast today. Um, He even brought a guest with him Mm -hmm. because he is putting on a whole... Uh, theatrical performance. Wow. It's pretty funny, pretty exciting. Um, And some intellectual commentary in there on society and sort of introspective ideas. So hear it all the way throughout uh, and, and, you know, be ready for it. But it does get to some sort of reasoning um, and very some interesting ideas. So uh, please welcome our stranger, Max Ducey. Max Ducey.
Welcome. Let's do this thing. What do you say? <laughs> He's been excited now, for this. Wait, hold You've on. You've been talking this whole time. Now you don't have words. What's going on? What's going on? I mean, are, are you going to do an introduction? No, no. We already did the intro. We do the yeah. intro before. This is yeah. this is how production works. <laughs> We've already introduced you guys. All right. Listen, guys. We have Max and Charlie here. Um, mm-hmm. They are twins. Identical. Identical. Max was supposed to be our guest. And he himself brought a guest, which is his twin brother, Charlie, sitting next to him. Charlie, say hi. Identical. Hi there. (laughs) And okay. They're not going to know the difference because they sound alike. Yeah. So it sounds like two people. Well, Charlie sounds, I don't know if smarter is the right word. (laughs) (laughs) Let's say refined. Refined. Wow. His language just a little bit more sharper. It's like like Squidward and Squillium. (laughs) That's the way I'm it. accurate. Like Charlie sounds fancy for some reason. Yeah. I think the challenge for your listeners should be to try to distinguish the two voices on. Don't this try to talk like him now. I think I think what they'll notice right away is that you guys are definitely West Coast because you guys have very mm. West Coasty voices. Would you mm. say so? I can't say that I've ever heard that in my entire life. But it's like <laughs> I can't say that I've ever heard that in, t- in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's yeah, what they're going to pick up on. But the first. real question is, yeah. do we look similar? Okay. So Amber, Amber, Amber that obviously only applies okay, to the, do you, uh, the people who can see this. Do you happen to know that shortly after, if you guys are conceived, that your mom went on a roller coaster or not? <laughs> I, I'm sure she didn't. <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> because they have this thing about a lot of like situations with identical, like identical twins in biology don't make a lot of sense. So they have this thing that shortly after the uh, egg is fertilized, that if you go on a roller coaster or something, sometimes they just split or like some sort of instance. Is this a BuzzFeed article? No, no, I'm being so serious. I took early childhood education as an entire associate's degree. I I believe you. But the roller coaster is just like everything. No, that's what I'm saying is like roller coaster, something where your body's like completely thrown, where like shaken essentially. And roller coaster is just the easiest way to put that. What are you trying to say about them? I'm just trying to say that like y'all were meant to be one person and your mom jumped up and down a few times and now you're two people. Oh, so like twins aren't supposed to happen? Identical twins. Fraternal oh. twins are two different eggs. Identical yeah. twins are one egg okay. that got fertilized and then just happened to split at some point. Charlie, thoughts? This sounds right to me. <laughs> I, guess, I, I guess another way of putting it would be we're the product of a disturbance. Ooh, Identical yeah. twins are literally, no offense when I say this, but like a freak of nature. Like you guys are yeah. like so weird. Who's the older one? I am. I the- could tell. <laughs> but like not from like look wise, he looks yeah. older though. So you think Charlie looks older? No, not like, like the older twin always looks a little bit more broad. But the younger twin, like he, the only reason I would say looks older is because of like his mannerisms, his hair, whatever. Like, so he acts older. He's, yeah, he's more mature. for sure. Oh, look, we got the roller coasters in pregnancy. Yeah. Okay. So it's a thing. It's yeah. a, I mean, as far as physical appearance, like what are the Well, this is what I will say. So Max is, um, has been a friend for a while and we've uh, taken a trip with him or a few maybe. Well, well we- we were taking a trip and you were there. You lived in there. Um, but we would always call him Jake Gyllenhaal because he has that appearance. And then when we found out you had a twin, you showed us some pictures. And early on, we were like, oh, my God, he looks like Tobey Maguire. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I now, see it necessarily now. I don't now, see it anymore. But then you have did. the same nose, though. But you guys are different versions basically. of Jake Gyllenhaal, like different <laughs> movies. 
like of Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I, I would prefer to be Donnie Darko. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, vibes. I think right? so. Like he, he gives all kind of that vibe. Yeah. So he does. You no, know, he gives me English teacher vibes. Charlie does. Yeah, has Has Jake Gyllenhaal ever played an English teacher? No. Maybe I don't you could know. now. <laughs> like Ezra from Pretty Little Liars. No, no Nightcrawler. Jake Gyllenhaal, Nightcrawler. You think he's Nightcrawler? Yeah. Damn. I'm, I'm not liking that comparison. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but you, so you guys um, grew up in Portland, right? Uh, well, mostly. I mean, since 2003. So, yeah. <laughs> and what was, what was like your upbringing like? All I know so far is that you guys were both valedictorians of your school, right? What? Is that How true? is that possible? Dude, that's insane. Charlie doesn't like where this is going for some reason. <laughs> is this true, yes or no? Uh, yeah, that's true. And we gave a speech where uh, he introduced himself as Charlie and I introduced myself as Max. Nice. Wow. That's so Dude, cute. Dude, twins are so fun. Wait, I know. So did you have like the exact same GPA and did like literally? The yeah, exact same GPA. Exact same GPA. And that, you have to be like number one in class ranked, right? I mean, if- okay, That's impressive. Okay, be honest. So like, I mean, if one of the twins or even if your brother or sister goes to the you know same school as you, if they are a valedictorian, I feel like you're, the other one is bound to be one, right? Because what? you're in the same no. house. No. That's no sharing what, of notes, maybe. That seems like they <laughs> Charlie, definitely did all their homework Charlie, together. Charlie, don't lie. He was doing all of Max's homework. What do you mean? <laughs> Were you guys like trying to get the same like? Or were you competing with each other? Like, Charlie's hiding something. Charlie, don't lie. I don't know if there's a whole lot more to the story. I think that we both had, um, we had similar academic, uh, I don't know, skills. And then we came out with the same GPA. No. And we got to give a speech. I'm not buying this. No. There's not any collusion. Class, you guys were class No ranked. collusion. <laughs> Russian hoax. <laughs> I mean, it's not easy being a valedictorian. And then having your twin brother be the same. Exactly. Max, you're not talking. Speak. There's. I just want to set the record straight that there's no collusion. It was a Russian hoax. I, <laughs> I kind, I kind so of, it was a collusion. They both are very smart. I mean, like, mm -hmm. I, just hearing Charlie, I feel like that's... Um, yeah, I've learned like four new words. But like uh, one <laughs> test didn't go wrong where well, one got an A minus and the GPA he walked in moved with a off book. a little bit. Yeah, you walked in with a book. And bro. you guys came with notes. This yeah. is, You're the second person to ever come with notes on our podcast. Yeah. Where like you literally have to just sit there and we talk to you, but you're like... Well, you know, I am afraid that I'm not going to get to the notes, unfortunately. What, um, are, the, what are the notes yeah, about? Yeah, let's... Well, I would like to return to something I was talking about earlier, which is, <laughs> what are the physical differences between us? Okay, so what? you want to, I mean, it's it's really just- The hair, the beard, the facial structure, he is a much sharper one than you. Like, yeah. do we look identical? No. You guys look fraternal. How, Shame. How could we look more identical? If he grew a beard- and a mustache, and yeah, he but, cut his hair similar here, to you, what? and he also I have got more- I option for you. Okay. I have another oh my gosh, option okay. for you. Okay. Uh, this is a so, surprise. You know, it's actually funny that you say that because I tried I tried to get Charlie to grow a beard for this podcast. Okay, what, he's he, stuffing a jacket in his and, shirt right and now. And he refused, he refused to grow a beard. And now, props, now we're, guys. And now we're since here. Charlie yeah. refused to grow a beard, he left me with only one choice. Stop it right to now. to shave his beard. Stop it. to shave my beard. On the podcast? <laughs> he's literally brought a razor. Are you kidding I'll me? I'll hold the mic 
up. You focus yeah. on this. Actually, the mic probably doesn't need to be involved because it does. He's just shaving his beard on the podcast. This has never happened before. I I, I should also note that I take offense to the comment about my facial structure because that's really just because of the beard. He said, let me bring out the jawline. Yeah. (laughs) Damn. Charlie, what do you think about this? Oh my gosh. I want the razor next. I I have too much double. Oh, what did, did you know he was going to do this? Max, you're shaking. Yeah, you kind of teased it. I know. It's, uh, did, oh, is there a cut? I yeah, think, why a don't cut. I hold this for you? Let's yeah, that's that. a good idea. I just didn't... I'm really... I don't... I'm confused. You know Joker in uh, in the actual movie Joker? Yeah. Like Keep when he comes chops. and gets ready to do like a oh, performance art? Leave, yeah. I this is that. leave the mustache <laughs> right? Leave the mustache. Did yeah, you leave the mustache. What is going on? I can't really see it. I can't. I have to tell you, I've been I've been waiting uh, for over a month now to shave this beard because it's very, bro. What? Very I'm a little annoyed that you're annoyed that about me saying his features are a little sharper when you distinctly asked me about well, now, what's the well, difference between you guys. I can actually you see the get, features you now. Need to get the side. I have the jawline angle, and uh, Amber was indeed correct. Charlie does have sharper features. Gosh. Also, this was kind of perfect timing. For what? Like he was like, oh, do we look alike? I, we, I guess what? <laughs> well, no, no, I'm telling you, he planned. Yeah, he all, planned this. He, this is Max told me when he was coming on our show that this is his podcast. He <laughs> said, "I'm bringing a guest." He actually brought an audience. His girlfriend is here. Yeah. How do we feel about him shaving? Do you like what what's going on? She likes it. All right. Do, do oh, you, li- you like him clean shaved? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Dang. I thought he looked kind of badass with the beard, but uh, yeah, I right, kind of like the beard, but spotty. Oh, kind of. Are you sure? Okay. That's where you want to stop? You got some hip- It does look a lot more identical. Don't lie. No, I'm just kidding. I'm you guys also, do look a lot more I'm alike. Sweating profusely. <laughs> you can you can fix it up afterwards. Yeah. You got the job done. He's like he brings out shaving cream, <laughs> a razor. A um, barber comes out. You're missing a, a little right there. It's further. It's Yeah, I mean, I'm not too concerned about that. You're about to go on a flight after this. Did you this. grow this beard just because of this podcast? Well, let's put it this way. I I specifically did not shave the beard for the podcast. Charlie, oh Charlie when, when he pitched this to you. Here you go. What was going through your mind? Oh, wow. That is I thought it would be nice uh, if I could also shave. But he, <laughs> he insists that this uh, razor is not going to You knew that this jump. was an audio podcast too, right? Well, that's why. Yeah, somebody's about to have some well, buzzing in their ear yeah, for a nice. audio only. That's why I had to use the uh, the actual electric razor so you could hear it. And wow. Then, okay. Well, um, I, thank you for doing this. is incredible. Yeah, thank this you is for, the first time we've ever had somebody shave on, you know, the podcast. So yeah. definitely. So next time you come on, you're shaving the head, right? Yeah. Set a record you know, here. I was thinking about just going ahead and doing that too, but you see, you see, Jeff and Jeff's barbershop. He cuts their um, guests' hair. Yeah, our guests just cut their own. <laughs> yeah. we, just, we just allow anything. We allow a space for that. I we, didn't. I didn't know we allowed for it. It just happened. Well, he he came in with it, and we were just like, "This is happening." So you knew it was going to happen. He slightly saw, teased it yeah, before. He, he teased I it a had bit. no idea. Yeah, then, this man literally stuffed a jacket in his collar and then pulled out an electric razor. I'm in shock. <laughs> I wish he didn't tease it to me. That would have been amazing. Also, but, also, yeah. you said that Charlie was supposed to come here in a different costume or something. What was he uh, supposed? To, was he yeah, supposed to be like, in like I mean, a chicken suit or something? I was supposed to be dressed like a man from the 19th century. <laughs> Why? Why? For what reason? <laughs> because we're trying to steer this podcast in another direction. <laughs> oh my. Okay, so steer you, it. So you're then. hijacking it. Well, I think it's it's just kind of giving it the push. And 
this is precisely why I've prepared all these notes. notes. Because what we've just seen is, uh, you know, it was performative. It was uh, maybe a work of art. <laughs> but it was definitely performance, performance art. art. It was performance art. And, um, you know, art is all about portrayal, expectations. Okay. And uh, seems to get a little bit away from reality. Seems is this your idea? A little idea? bit away you, from you sound really into this. how things really are. And, um, you know, to get closer to how things really are, you have to do a little bit of critical thinking or... As Where is this going? I call it philosophy. Guys, guys, guys th- by the way, this is not live. So if you're planning to do something to us, <laughs> it's not going to get broadcasted. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You can't kill Charlie us right is scaring now. me. You know the you know that movie where they live stream like people in a torture cell or something. Wait, no. Tell them that it is live stream because it, it kills us. Is that then? I don't want to die, Amber. I'm sitting next to the man. Yeah. Got it. And the way he's speaking, he's like, "Well, life. What's yeah. even the point?" Yeah. So let's if just you end it. Know where uh, this all sort of started from, I was listening to uh, "No Church in the Wild," Kanye West, Jay Z, yeah, Frank Ocean. So watch the throne. Yeah. I don't know if you can edit that in. A brief clip. <laughs> we can't use somebody else's <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, so okay. anyway, there is Charlie was this saying this. He said he has the, a nice falsetto. This is the the first verse. Um, <laughs> I really don't know if I should attempt this. Try it. You've already why done it. Why don't you just read out the relevant like, parts? Tears on the mausoleum floor. Blood stained the Colosseum doors. Okay. Lies on the ri- lips of a priest. Uh-huh. Thanksgiving disguised as a feast. Okay. Rolling in the Rolls Royce caniche. Okay. Only doctors got this. I'm hiding from police. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Cocaine seats. All wet like I got the whole thing bleached. Okay. Drug dealer chic. <laughs> I'm wondering if a thug's prayers reach. <laughs> Is pious pious because God loves pious? Socrates ask who's biased to y'all seek. <laughs> Off of Plato. Screech, I'm out here balling and know you hear my sneaks. Jesus was a carpenter, Yeezy, laid beats. Overflow the Holy Ghost, get the hell out of uh, your seats. Preach. So anyway, so I was listening So what's to the that. reason for that? No church was, in the wild. I was listening to that verse mm-hmm. and I thought, and obviously it was wrapped much better when I was listening to uh-huh. it. Can I read and these I, over again? And I was, I was listening to that verse and I thought, wow, that is the only uh, occasion I have ever heard of a rapper referencing uh, the Euthyphro, which is a dialogue by Plato, um, where Socrates asks, "Who's biased?" Do y'all see? I don't think he actually says that. What he does says is, "What he does says, <laughs> what he does say is that um, is pious pious because God loves pious." which is uh, obviously like lyrically interesting because of the sort of mm-hmm. um, like enunciation and uh, what is the consonants because of the consonants. Yeah. Um, but if like, that's just an interesting, first of all, interesting to just have a reference to that period. Uh-huh. Interesting to have a reference to that in a rap song. Interesting that it's Jay-Z who's referencing it. And then also just interesting that it is this specific um, line that he chooses to reference because um, this is a rather, well, not that complicated, but it is a somewhat complicated philosophical um, (laughs) argument, which is- Uh, Well, okay, so hold on. I need you to put me back on track. Yeah. First of all, guys, 
audience listening, we have no idea what's going yeah, on. Yeah, we have a deal. We don't know where this came from. <laughs> what Max is saying is uh, the way the way this line works, right? Not a new idea, right? A lot of people question many things about if God says this, if God says that, why is it this way, right? Jay, are you familiar with Jay-Z and the things that he like usually picks as his topics and- I mean, well, that- relatively. And I do, I do understand because I, you know, it was actually years ago that I first heard this song and years ago that I first uh, sort of put it together that he was, that this reference was in there. And I remember reading something about how he had some like sort of fascination with the ancient Greeks and mm-hmm. ancient Greek philosophy. And I guess maybe specifically Socrates and Plato, um, which is interesting because I think in many ways, Socrates can be thought of as like sort of a social critic and a provocateur, which is, I think, maybe what Jay-Z is sort of trying to get at by referencing him. <laughs> but it is well, interesting. Can you put me back on track? I just want to know the relevance real quick. Just put Let like, me get there. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got it. He wrote this Roll down when me. he first heard the song. I have one three day, pages of notes. One day I'll be... Okay. He was like, We're one gonna, day I'll be on a pres- podcast. And he wanted to just let this let the but, world but know at some point. This is the first platform he had to Got talk it. about this. So <laughs> Got it. He brought like Got 10 it. pages of notes. I am here to evangelize. <laughs> He's here to get his thoughts out. No, but but so, um, so yeah, if you look at this line, is pious pious because God loves pious. So this is the central argument of this Socratic dialogue between Socrates and this man named Euthyphro. And to give you a little bit of background, so first of all, Socrates. So Socrates was a um, you know, philosopher, an ancient Greek philosopher living in um, around three, 400 to 300 BC. Uh, it was about, to give you maybe some context, that was about 50 years after the Second Peloponnesian War, which is the war that was, um, if you've seen the movie 300, so it was the war portrayed in that movie, 300. So about 50 years after that, uh, you have um, Socrates. Uh, And Socrates was an ancient Greek thinker. He was sort of this strange guy. He um, uh, kind of had this sort of disheveled appearance. He uh, allegedly... Uh, alcohol had no effect on him. So he would drink and drink and never get drunk, allegedly. So then why would- um, okay. But anyway, wrapping it back in here. Uh, so he, basically what he did is he went around ancient Athens. He talked to uh, people, mostly people that were sort of nobility or or well-respected in, in Athenian society. Mm-hmm. And he basically set out to prove that they had no idea what they were talking about because, uh, and, and the reason why he did this allegedly is because Socrates went to the Oracle at Delphi. So you might've been valedictorian, but I have ADHD. (laughs) (laughs) It's the details aren't that important, but, but, uh, Socrates went to the Oracle at Delphi. The Oracle said he was the smartest man in Greece. So he was like, Oh, that's odd that you think I'm the smartest man in Greece. Cause I think that I know nothing. So what he basically did is he went around in ancient Greece trying to find someone who was smarter than him or trying to prove whether or not he was the smartest man. And the way he did this is that he had these uh, dialogues with people in in ancient Athens. And so that's why we call them the Socratic dialogues. So there is a Socratic dialogue uh, where Socrates has a conversation with this man named Euthyphro who is on his way to prosecute his own father for murder because um, one of his father's 
workers or slaves um, died. And it was, you know, allegedly it was his father's fault. So he's on his way to prosecute Can his father. Can we draw a family tree? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, the details aren't that important. I just wanted to get <laughs> so, so, let's, so let's go over the, let's but go past the details. So this then. is how the dialogue starts. Uh, Socrates is walking around ancient Greece, ancient Athens. He runs into Euthyphro. He says, hey, Euthyphro, what are you doing? Euthyphro says, oh, I'm on my way to prosecute my father for murder. And basically Socrates is like, huh, that's odd that you would be out to prosecute your own father. And then basically Euthyphro says, well, I have to do it. It's the pious thing to do. And now it is Socrates' mission to basically show that Euthyphro does not know what a pious act is. He doesn't know what makes something pious. And that's where we eventually get to the line that um, Socrates asks Euthyphro, what is pious? What makes something pious? Mm -hmm. And uh, Euthyphro responds, oh, well, uh, a pious act is something that is loved by the gods. And then this is when we get to the point where Socrates says, well, is the act pious because the gods love it? Or did the gods love it because it is pious? Okay. So it's sort of a chicken and the egg sort of thing. Right. It's it's kind of a circular argument. And that is precisely the line that Jay-Z references, mm. where he says, is pious pious because God loves pious? Mm-hmm. So is the, is the act of the God loving it what makes it pious? Okay. Or is there something else about the act that is the reason why the God loves it mm-hmm. and the fact that the God loves it um, because it's pious. Is why we call it pious. Got it. We're with it. Why do you bring this up after shaving your beard? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I bring this up after uh, discussing that Charlie was supposed to wear a different outfit because he was supposed to <laughs> look like a Euthyphro? man living oh. in the 18th century. And, uh, and what was, what was and the And the reason goal? why Charlie was supposed to look like a man living in the 18th century is because he was supposed to talk about uh, some ideas that uh, were first sort of uh, written about by this man. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait, Charlie, go ahead. And then- Look, I think, I think the, to bring it back home, <laughs> the point is the following. Socrates oh, was a- Yeah. <laughs> Socrates was a social critic. And a lot of the work of philosophy is criticism- and criticism isn't just something that is negative, that's saying mm-hmm. this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. Criticism could also be seen as um, more, I suppose, a form of illumination and understanding that could lead to change. And for that, I believe Max has a very fitting quotation. I do. And I think- um, <laughs> Were you guys confused about the premise of this show? Should, should, should we do a better job this communicating is, that next this time? This is my podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, what I was going to recommend is you, you two, I mean- Brilliant, you know, point and topic you bring yeah, yeah. up. Um, you guys need a podcast on your own. Yeah. Yes. Why don't we just get, allow me five minutes to wrap this thought up? Right? <laughs> I, I thought we were, <laughs> so it's okay. not wrapped. All right. So, um, so the reason why I think this is interesting is because <laughs> Jay Z references this. Uh huh. Jay Z is a social critic. Okay. Jay Z is in many ways mirroring Socrates uh, in the way that Socrates was a social critic. So. These this idea that uh, Socrates sort of had about uh, examining people's beliefs and why they believe what they believe, and if they even know what the terms are that they're using 
mm-hmm. what they mean. Can they even define what pi- what piety is? That whole theme is something that I think Jay Z is grasping at with this reference. That Jay Z is offering a social criticism that he is examining some of these uh, things that we've. Uh, assumed to be self-evident about society, about rap, about culture. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is sort of the governing theme that I wanted to sort of discuss. Uh, And there is a um, a French French, (laughs) Uh uh, philosopher. Yes. Foucault. Mm -hmm. Okay, just just so I can make sure. So this is the direction we have chosen. Well, no, this is, we don't have to <laughs> the go. The door is direction. shut. The door is shut. <laughs> we don't have to go this direction. I just want to uh, sort of offer this uh-huh. and then do with it what you will. Okay. But um, so we're talking. Let's keep it concise yes. because there's a lot yes. of details are, you don't have are, to say. We are going we, to uh, skip over most of these notes. We just uh-huh. wanted to talk about you, but this is <laughs> well, well. Maybe that's the exact thing we should be critical of. Right, and that. Okay, so we're gonna get ah, there. Okay. We're gonna okay. Get there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just give me five minutes. I will attempt to wrap this up. So uh, Charlie's talking about criticism. Um, You know, we're talking about criticism with Socrates, criticism Mm -hmm. with uh, Jay-Z. So I think it's important to understand what we mean by criticism and critique. And this is uh, sort of Foucault's description of criticism. Uh, A critique is not a matter of saying that things are not right as they are. It is a matter of pointing out on what kinds of assumptions what kinds of familiar, unchallenged, unpondered modes of thought, the practices that we accept rest. Criticism is to show that things are not as self-evident as we believed, to see that what is accepted as self-evident will no longer be accepted as such. Practicing criticism is a matter of making facile gestures difficult. So uh, a perfect example of that is what Socrates does to Euthyphro. He makes this facile gesture of prosecuting someone for murder now difficult because you have to understand why you are doing it. You have to understand if you are doing that for sort of reasons that are just accepted by society and not really examined, or if you're doing that for reasons that actually you can comprehend, that you can work through, that you can explain. And that is the whole idea of criticism. Um, And the reason why I sort of thought criticism was something interesting to discuss and specifically critique, which is, you know, just the same thing, but just different word. Um, the reason why I thought that that was interesting to discuss is that I think that um, a very common theme in uh, social media, multimedia today is um, this use of profiles, essentially. Okay. So, and this this is a both a specific term and a general term. So you can think of it very specifically in the sense of a, Instagram profile, Mm -hmm. a Facebook profile, um, a dating app profile. Mm -hmm. Uh, People create profiles. And profiles are useful because they allow you to sort of uh, curate content and and create. And I mean, for us, you probably know a lot more about this than I do because, you know, there's this whole idea of curating a brand, of creating a brand. Sure, how you depict yourself, the ideas that you present, how you want people to... And, and I think that is um, coming from the critical angle again. That is not a negative thing. Uh, profiling and and the term that is sometimes used, profilicity, is a um, is a is a useful thing. 
because it allows you to take things in a certain direction, to be concise in how you are portraying or uh, communicating ideas. But I think that there's, on the flip side, there are also potentially some uh, problematic things that arise with profiles, right? Because um, you may be portraying and creating a profile that is not, and it depends what the, the, the reason you're creating the profile is. But say I'm creating a profile because I have an Instagram page and I want my Instagram page to make me look attractive and popular and, and wealthy, I would be curating a profile that would be um, communicating that, right? And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but say that someone on Instagram doesn't realize that I am curating a profile specifically to portray that I'm wealthy, that I am attractive, that I'm popular. Which happens. And they think that I'm curating just a profile that is just a realistic representation of my life. That would be problematic because um, they would be misled. They would think, oh, this guy is wealthy and popular and attractive and he has no problems and he is just this incredible person. But that's not really true because I am specifically curating a profile with a specific agenda. Right. And if that agenda isn't made clear, and if it's not clear on what sort of biases and truths I am building the profile, then that can be very problematic. Yeah. And and the big thing that it leads to is a lot of misrepresentation, Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, misleading information um and uh you know you and then you, you know it uh fake news that is a perfect example of some of the uh issues that arise with profiles and profiles that are pretending to be one thing and actually something else because you might have someone who's on youtube and they are curating a profile that they are a journalist and they are reporting on news but in fact they are not a journalist and they are simply uh, curating a profile that uh, is meant to sh- communicate that they are a journalist. Sounds like us. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, so so you can see many ways in which this can lead to problems. Well, it does, right? I mean, what you're describing is basically the difference between, you mentioned social media and, um, you know, these profiles. The difference between that and what we had um, back then, you know, you want to go f- a few decades, whatever, is advertisements, right? Um, Now the difference is just access. So we have access to the same sort of platforms that people were advertising on or broadcasting on as individuals, as, you know, the three of us here having a a podcast, which we don't need um, an entire sort of network behind, right? Putting all of those ideas, yes, they can be positive because we finally have unique voices out there that we wouldn't have had normally. Um, and, you know, we everybody can feel like they're unique to a degree. Right. Um, and that's a little bit of selfishness there. But the, the kind of route that you choose, what information you put out, right. and whether you let the people know what's behind it um, is – Surely up to the person who is broadcasting yeah, that, of right? Of course. And that's, and so you are the curator right. of the profile. Mm-hmm. And? And I think there was a point about this in self-presentation because 
Max described uh, his presence on this podcast to me in the following way. He said, I'm not really coming as a guest. I'm coming as an anti-guest. <laughs> what am I supposed to talk about? I'm not interesting. And that, and that, and that idea um, uh, could actually probably apply to other people as well, but they present themselves as interesting. That's so I guess my dilemma in being on this podcast is, am I curating a profile by being on this podcast? Am I presenting a profile of myself that is inaccurate? I love it. I, I really do. Um, because that's really honest and that's genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I would say to that is there's a lot of people on this wall you see that wouldn't say that they are interesting people. But we brought but, out inter- interesting questions. Well, no, no. Uh, what I was going to say is everyone, and- everyone, like these ideas you have, right? That is what makes you interesting. Yeah. yeah. You have these ideas and, you know, people look a certain way, depict themselves a certain way, but everybody has a perspective. Right. Everybody has a story. You know, we all grew up in a very different way than even our siblings. We all have something to offer. You guys are so different, you know, like even in your personality, even in your jawline, like <laughs> um, how could you not be interesting um, in, a, in a way that like you don't have anything to offer? That's the way that I that guess we look at That is the premise of the podcast. And, and it's not like you have to offer anything, you yeah, know? Right. It's it's more so like discussing. Um, even if you just said, this is how we grew up, that's enough for mm-hmm. us to, as you were talking about criticism, right? Critique, had you had grown up this way or right. did this play into certain biases? Did it affect something later on in life? Right. Full circle, baby. All right. Well, now that I've uh, finished hijacking your podcast, right. you can have it. <laughs> no, no. It, it took a, it took a minute to get there, right. but it's it is. If I people- think you could have made that point a lot more concise, but I think you made a great point, and it could have been made. I like it because it's very him. Yeah, but um, it's hard to follow along. If if listeners <laughs> if listeners get through that much, it is a very very like uh, kind of outwardly thought you know mm-hmm. of of just questioning everything and people have these wh- when you start to think too much about like oh you know what's beyond the galaxy and if this is this way and that's that way and is you know especially when it comes to god and the things that we can never measure we don't have in front of us you could have those conversations endlessly but without yeah. any sort of tools any sort of guidance it creates the same exact thing that you are criticizing which is um you know people who come up with um, ways to depict themselves, I think uh, with that comes ideas as we see on fake news and other things of, you know, people have used the wrong tools or have uh, basically fabricated tools or told us that certain tools were the right way to guide a conversation or to base, you know, something off of when it wasn't. And even last podcast, we were talking about how like, you know, there's apparently a fifth ocean that's being added based off of, um, you know, the quality of that water or whatever. And how we, throughout science, right? Like just get rid of certain things, add things because we now have more information. So critique is never an issue. Um, and I think if we apply that same principle to ourselves and how we speak about things and our ideas and showcase ourselves on social media, right? Um, then we would have a much healthier relationship with ourselves and uh, the medium which we express our ideas. So like if you're, as you said, you know, just putting that you're rich and handsome and whatever else and you're traveling all the time, which from your 
uh, Instagram, right? If you were to view yours, you would think that, that this guy is just, you know, does he work? Does he do whatever? So, so you are doing the very thing that you are well, right. criticizing. And that's why it's very important to be self-aware. About right. It. And that's I, what one, I'm saying. One thing I do yeah. want to just say before we move on entirely from this topic is that uh, while the point I made was not concise at all, yeah, yeah. There was some intentionality to that because it was meant to be uh, communicated in sort of a theatrical way. It was um, theatrical. <laughs> it was very podceptiony for sure. Because because we're because we're talking about the things that we're doing right now. Yeah, like we're talking about you. Yeah, we're breaking the fourth wall. And <laughs> yeah, breaking the fourth wall. Um, anything else on the script that we should know about that's coming yeah. up, Charlie? You brought a book. I didn't know if you were gonna. There's. Are you gonna the like book can be tossed? <laughs> Are you sure? Is there a magic trick involved? I've, in I've disrespected this podcast enough. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it's you not, did not. It's not disrespectful at all because it's like the ideas you brought, right? It's like you can apply it to the exact thing that you're doing. So that's what's fun about it. Because if somebody came um, and tried to shut down, you know, a, a a meat market, and they themselves are not vegetarian. Uh, and and they were criticizing, you know, the meat or whatever. Then it's like, hang on, where do you get your meat from? And then you have to criticize that, and you have to wonder and question their source, right? So that was good. That's what <laughs> that's what I did to you. Oh, I, and I'm not coming on here to try to. No, no, I know, I know. Uh, sabotage your. Podcast. No, no, no. That's <laughs> no, That's fun to me. Way. That's fun to me though. Like critique and debate is fun because you learn and you question yourself. And I think throughout this podcast, that's what we've learned beyond anything where there are times where we're like, oh snap, we do have more power than we anticipated. We do have more influence than we anticipated. And we have gotten checked. We've checked each other. You know, like this is a constant sort of thing. And as you're saying the self-awareness thing, like that's beyond the most important thing. When I put this mic down, when we take these headphones off, what's our relationship with each other? And what's our relationship as the co-hosts with each other? And then what's our relationship with our audience? Do they know that, you know, everything that happens after we take everything off and shut everything down? Or are we saying that we are somebody else? So that's the kind of uh, beauty in the whole thing is like being honest, being comfortable and living your life uh, regardless of where it's portrayed. Yeah, and I think that's the central sort of idea behind yeah. pro felicity that that you that everyone intentionally or otherwise is creating or, or curating and creating profiles uh through various channels yeah i mean you you curate a profile when you talk to your parents there's a there's a profile that you put on for your parents versus a friends, profile you put on for your friends your teachers yeah exactly yeah. and it, yeah so it's not really something that is specific to social media or the internet it is something that is true of any sort of really interaction or communication um, Jay-Z in general, I would, I don't know if, like how much you're into him, but like he has really, really sort of prolific, um, things that he is, is always expressing. And, and, um, I think he's one of those people that is not like I know all it's like, I'm always learning. And right. as if we think of ourselves as constant students, it's just so much easier. Cause we don't have to like, I remember as a kid, I don't know about you guys, but like just being defensive a lot because of ideas that were told to us and not knowing the answers. Like, oh, God is this way because it's this way. Or like, 
Thinking you know everything. Thinking you know everything or like, you know, cer- certain cultural norms, whatever it might be. Um, and then knowing that that's what you are and you're not really sure why, but like you get defensive because it's like, oh, that's all I know about my identity. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to answer your question. So I'm going to get upset or angry right. because it's being questioned. Did you ever have that as a kid growing up? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure I did. I'm trying to think of a whether specific be, instance. <laughs> whether it be, um, you know, religious uh I think things. that's like a thing that stands out the most too yeah. because yeah. that's something that we're taught in a concrete manner. So when something challenges that, we're like, no, this is right and this is wrong. But even, even our own Quran is said to be read between the lines. And well, I, I have one for you. You guys are from Portland. Portland was um, the... Alt, I guess the hyper left before it became a norm at this point. Um, like where, do you understand what I'm saying when it comes to like uh, liberal ideas? Yeah. Portland has been known for that um, on a mainstream three le- of my notes. I have some notes on this. <laughs> for a while, but like, um, I feel like that's, there's a direction which is kind of misguided at this point of like, um, how liberal we can get before those like things have to be set in rules or something because it's just all over the right. place. Well, so I think there is this idea, and I think this is what you're getting at, mm-hmm. that uh, the left side of the political spectrum, like the liberal side of the political political spectrum, is the side that is like free of dogma. I think that's maybe what you're saying, or am I mis? representing what you're saying well it's one it's one of the things right because Um, they're like it's all about uh free expression and um you know not putting people into boxes like so there's no i think that's how i'm understanding sure like almost like everything goes right um, right and then uh, you know some at times that can override self-harm or um inconvenience um or yeah, like inconveniences to others, society, um, just not practical ideas. And what I mean by that is like, for example, something like, um, I don't have any particular views about this, but bathrooms, you know, th- that's been like one of those ideas that are just like questioned and debated heavily, but it's just like- Like genders in the bathroom? Sure. And it, it could come down to like, oh, can this place afford to have that? Or is it just easier to, you know, just make this bathroom available for anybody you know, just like thinking in sort of practical ideas rather than like, oh, no, because freedom comes first. And even though it costs, you know, significant amount more money to change all of the ideas around, you know, this um, system that we have in this building or whatever, um, we have to go with that. And we're not really thinking about like the practicality, the fu- uh, the finances okay. and all that. So, yeah. So you're saying that certain aspects of liberalism left politics is not uh pragmatic sure like, like it could go it could go that direction yeah yeah no i think that's definitely true i think um and i actually did have some notes about this because i think that there is a helpful way that you can think about sort of the political spectrum okay so um you know it's interesting because uh the left side of the political spectrum is often uh, sort of paired with like um, being non-religious, like uh, like the, the far left is seen as sort of, I don't know if you would say anti-religion, but just not religious. 
not um, using religion as a base right. of the ruling. So, but yeah. what I think is I interesting think. is if you look at, um, and this sort of comes back to the critique piece, um, there are certain like dogmatic beliefs on the left and on the right. So the left is more concerned with sort of like political correctness, um, identity politics. The right is more concerned with like individualism, liberty, uh, sort of social stability. So you can think of like the two sides of the spectrum as sort of being two uh, civil religions with their own civil dogma. So... um, What's important about, I think, making that uh, comparison is that you realize that it is not like the left side against religion and the right side for religion. It's really two sides with two different civil religions. Where, of course. Where they have, and what makes it a civil religion is the fact that there is certain dogma that they hold to be self-evident and true. And that is what, yeah, that is what categorizes it as a civil religion. Um, and what's important about that is that I think that sometimes the left side of the political spectrum, you know, is considered progressive. So there is this, this sense in which we are progressing towards something better, but from the, uh, critical frame of mind, you have to remember that criticism does not seek to say why one idea is wrong and replace it with another idea. It seeks to say what the assumptions of the first idea are and what the assumption of the, of the second idea are. It's not to replace one dogma with another dogma. And I think that's sort of what happens with uh, progressivism is it says conservatism is bad. We need to make progress. We need to change things. Here is how we need to change things. This old dogma is bad. This is the path forward. You know what this talk of dogma makes me think of? No. <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> from a conversation last night, we used to have one of those table flipping interjections here. Um, dogma is just am God spelled backwards. <laughs> oh my God. That's the energy I was waiting for. You think you're God? <laughs> well, thank you, Charlie. That was, that was and, needed. And I should also uh, qualify this by saying that these ideas are not mine. These are ideas. I think I think most people, although we're having a, a far more intellectual sort of uh, way of putting these ideas, I think most people think this way. Yeah. Right. Most people are not polarized as the right. media, you right. know, wants us right. to believe. Right. And are. I think that is a very important point to make that most people um, have some awareness that all of the things I'm talking about are yeah. true. Yeah. The the leap is is uh, sort of articulating them in such a way that uh, you can sort of do something useful with with that information. So, you know, I think all human beings sort of have um, a, like, a vector towards truth. Like, people have a way of seeking out what is true and what is false. So most people, you know, figure out what is true and what is false. Like, they, they don't need to go read a book to figure that out. How do you deal with, because you're, I know that, you know, even the ideas you express on Instagram and um, whatever else, like you're doing a lot of research, reading yourself, right? And Charlie, I'm guessing you're the same way since you guys are both into reading. Um, But when it comes to dealing with other people, do you get frustrated or do you go into like educational mode 
of like trying to teach them or whatever. In points of disagreement, you mean? Yeah, I mean like, or just in general, just like in they don't general. understand the concepts that you may be, you know. Like, is or it frustrating having these thinking this way and then like hearing somebody just make a sort of casual comment? Are you like, whatever about it? Well, I think maybe it's the plurif- uh, the proliferation of lack of critical thinking that might start getting me to be like, well, mm. that's great <laughs> because you don't want um, you don't want there to be widespread lack of critical thinking. Um, then people can fall for, you know, and so you do fall go for to critique various it? ploys and things like that. I don't. I mean, it's not really a situation where you're often able to call someone out and be like, hey, think critically. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, but you can help them like through that process. Or, yeah. I mean, a lot of people are in the middle of like a Walmart or something, just having these open debates at this point <laughs> in our country where in that's what Walmart. I'm wondering. Like just like Charlie, you know, he has a very different energy than Max where I just feel like he's kind of buried in his book. He's like, ah, oh, these peasants. Is this true? Or, <laughs> is this true or no? I I uh, I disagree with this profile you're you're building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, critique it, critique it. Tell me how it is. <laughs> is it directed at me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all these voices. I don't know where they're coming from. Um. Uh. Well, I guess I would definitely describe myself as more as an introvert and also as a result, introspective. Like I think a lot of the talking I do is in my own head. That's probably Mm. true. Um, But as far as applying it to other people, I think I have a similar standpoint to Max in that I think a lot of people already know these things. Mm. So it's not not that something has to be explained. It's just more that something has to be brought up. It's like, Mm. hey, I know we all already know this, but, and then, you know. Let's bring it up anyways. Exactly. Um, Or let's dive into it deeper. Yes. Well, actually, that's very interesting because, um, oh, and I'm, I think it was Descartes because uh, I, I saw this quote a while ago and I posted it because I thought it was very interesting. And uh, so Descartes, another philosopher, and he had this quote that was basically, um, there is no difference between two people's uh, mental uh, capacity for reason. All people are endowed with the same ability to reason. So no one is better at reasoning than anybody else. The difference, the reason why people have different beliefs is not because they are endowed with different abilities to reason. It is because they focus their mind's eye on different things. True. Which I think is a very important thing to note because um, that is obviously a very generalized uh, statement, but it is a important way to understand why people have disagreements. And I it's think not life because, experience plays yeah, into that. Exactly. Like you're going you're gonna to yes. put more importance on things that yes. you were raised to believe is more important. Yeah, and then your own life experience yeah. that you live balances that out. Because those are the experience that you've held in your mind's eye. Mm-hmm. So, um, so eye. the reason why, and that's not, I don't think a Cartesian term, that's just something that I thought was helpful. But so the Anytime you have a disagreement with someone, you should realize that it's not because they're stupid and you're smart. It's because Mm -hmm. they have focused their mind's eye on other things than you have. Mm -hmm. And I think that's maybe even some sort of like a new age mystical interpretation of Descartes. But Mm -hmm. I I think it's all the same thing. Even right now, you're expressing same ideas as like the, the ones that were questioned then. And that's what it's all about. 
But let's… Um, I know you guys have a train to catch um, coming up soon. I want to just talk to you about you if you don't mind. Uh, <laughs> Finally getting to the meat. Yes. Since that was the uh, entire uh, premise of this podcast. Let, let, let me ask uh, Charlie. So you've uh, been living in Germany for some time? Yeah, I lived in Germany for two years after I graduated college. And um, now I, I teach German and I, uh, I've been trying to get back there. They finally allowed Americans back in two weeks ago. Um, what do yes. you like so much about Germany? You know, it just started with having language classes in high school and just kind of going from there and wanting to actually be able to speak the language. Mm. But I took German in high school. Oh, very nice. Yes. Sehr gut. Say something. Yes. Sehr gut. Oh, she doesn't remember anything. No. <laughs> Her response made it seem like she, she got it. Um, so... I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, you know, is it anything about Germany in particular that I like, or do I just like that it's different? Mm. And I think that a lot of people have an experience when they live in um, a foreign country um, or when they just spend time somewhere else. If the, if the difference is distinct enough, they'll start maybe preferring it. Unless of course the difference is like there are no functioning toilets and you know, there's, you know, dogs in the streets and so on. But you know, some people like that about some parts of the world. Are you talking? Are you talking um, about Max? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Is, it, but, is, it, is there a difference between the types of places you prefer? Because you go to what a lot of more, I guess. Um, well, to to pick up a, a difference that has sort of uh, have had a lot of relevance later in our lives. The only class that we really took that was different in high school was I took German. Max took Spanish. Spanish. So now Max is off traveling in Central America and South America, and then I went to Germany. And I think that makes a lot of sense. I think there's a lot that can be drawn out of that, actually. You know, one time uh, when we were in, we were coming back from LA, and um, Max told us to pick him up from somewhere. And this was a random location. It was a random location. It was some Spanish restaurant. And, uh, or was it like a car, something with your car there, or something? Yeah, so there was a Mexican restaurant next to a tire yeah. shop. Yeah, and we he was like, yo, like pick me up from here. We go that, uh, by there and he's just having this like full-on conversation with this like older guy in Spanish. And we were like, wait, Max, like you know Spanish really well. And that was the first time we saw that. But it was like so, so I wouldn't expect it. <laughs> well, the part of that story that you're leaving out is that I totaled my car. Oh my <laughs> is that what happened? That's why you had to pick me up. Uh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. I was pulling out of a gas station uh, in like Compton or uh, it wasn't Compton. It was that neighborhood right next to Compton. And uh, I got just like sideswiped by another car. Oh. And my front driver's tire was just totally destroyed. And that's why you had to pick me up because I was stuck in Compton. No, I think the part that matters is that they saw you speaking Spanish. I, I, did you remember that? That he totaled his car? I now I remember. Okay. But before I like didn't remember. All. He but was I so remember, happy when we picked him up. Yeah, like, yeah. wouldn't have thought I was, it. I was completely stranded. Oh. Um, you. I feel like you have a lot of impulsive behavior though. Like not not yeah. talking about the car that um, I know that you were by the border recently where you picked up dogs or something. Oh, uh, Yeah. You're laughing. I, well, blame, Your girlfriend's laughing. Yeah, Do you I think he's impulsive? Well, I blame Danielle for that. Oh, oh she wanted her. the dogs. <laughs> Charlie, is, is Max impulsive? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you say that? Uh, just, you know, life experience, what I've had in my mind's eye, you know, those things. <laughs> well, the funny thing is also like, we know this about Max at this point, but like when you you casually say something like, 
oh, like come through or like, you know, um, when's the wedding or Max who's the next there. guest? And then you say like, oh, you. And then he'll show you the flight tickets. <laughs> like that's Max's response. And you're like, oh, he's he's doing it. Yeah. That's why he's here. Like he literally was ready to come um, earlier. And then he was like, he put it here, which we are humbled and yeah. Very appreciative of it. Very was, much so. I'm sorry, Charlie, because I don't I don't know. He if didn't seem like he was I'm too. the guest of the guest. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> which we're honored to have as well. But no, it's that's like the best part about Max because Max was actually one of our friends, Saad's uh tenant. And that's how we met him one day. He just came with Saad to his uh birthday dinner. Cool. Like we No, no, all, no, before, no that, before that. No, that was okay. He actually came. I invited him to Saad's thing and um I think Saad just wanted a landlord tenant relationship. But once we saw Max on the dance floor, he he came out to one of our shows. performances. Shows. Yeah. Got it. And he had the he looked like he had the best time there. He was Everyone dan- loved him. So usually like when people bring like guests where like they don't know maybe the culture or anything, so they don't like dance or participate right. sometimes. Yeah. Max was like, so and then we pushed him in and then he just went crazy the That's whole night amazing. dancing. Wait, do you guys remember was that- what school it was? It was What's, a it was awesome. University of Maryland Baltimore. Yeah, UMBC, UMBC. Yeah. yeah. Did you were you was that your first um time experiencing like South Asian culture in that degree? Yeah, I think so. And, and you were super comfortable with yeah, it. You're super and then it, it kept you came again and then like you came to my sister's wedding. So yeah, I, like, I came I think the second one I went to was at uh University of Maryland. Mm. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think the, it was cool because after that you ended up moving and you know, you boys went and you saw him and all that stuff. But when it came to your sister's wedding, um, it was like, he was like, okay, so when's the wedding? He comes to the wedding. We're like, amazing, cool. Max is there, but you're not at her wedding. I'm trying to remember how exactly that came to be. I think what happened was I was going to come visit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it made anyway, sense that I wanted to come visit and it just so happened that your sister was also getting married. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then he like came in a corta and he was just like a part of the wedding. Well, I don't th- I don't think you knew like what how the rundown is in the first place, right? No. Like how the wedding should typically go. Yeah, what was no. your th- were you overwhelmed or was it like okay? Well, yeah, it really just makes like um Western European weddings seem like very drab. <laughs> <laughs> but also Why? a lot less expensive. Because like, you know, uh well, the the Pakistani wedding is three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Euro- Western European wedding is two hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's just way more. And you thought you had nothing to offer to the podcast. Look at this. Experiences. Yeah, yeah well, but it's not really my experience. It is. Yeah, but like I, I have no experience with an American wedding. If I went to an American wedding, I'm like, whoa, You would wait, think it's extremely boring and short. But, th- but then to go into something like that, that is your perspective and that's yeah. unique to you. It's nice doing gigs for, um, you know, Western quote unquote weddings um, as opposed to ours. Uh, because when you say the time, uh, and it's I two mean, hours. Yeah. You're, I'm only sh- like taking photos and doing videos for two hours, hour, maybe an hour, like because yeah. mm-hmm. they go through everything so quickly. Ours is just like, yeah, stand over there, show yeah, up at this time. Organized, like, it'll be a week, yeah. <laughs> and you're just like filming and and like that would. Be We're gonna a dedicate lot. a whole night to dancing, yeah, and then we'll dedicate another day to sending the girl home, and then we'll dedicate another day for the girl and the guy being together as a couple. You know, that's so emblematic of the two different cultures, though. I mean, that's just so, uh, such like a good 
sort of microcosm of, of how the two cultures are so different and mm -hmm. what the differences are. Mm -hmm. Like Western culture, it's rushed. It's a formality. It just needs to happen. It needs mm -hmm. to get over with. And then everyone gets drunk. Uh, <laughs> in the, you know, the well, South Indian Asian- Well, they still do that. Well, right. So. But in the South Asian culture, it's, it's much more about being present, experiencing everything, not rushing, not- I mean, we just, rush, we rush. I would, I would, yeah, so, so, so that's your perspective, right? From ours, it's also, we, there is a lot of facade. There's yeah. um, a lot of people who are doing it for show and they want a bigger wedding than the last person who yeah. had this yeah. wedding. Yeah. Wait, so, you went to Saad's wedding too, right? Yes. Which was exactly a month after. So within a month, you got two South Asian wedding yeah. experiences yeah. at once. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I think Saz was only two days though, right? Yeah. Yeah, he combined yeah. two of the events. Yeah, which is honestly He's westernized. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> He's too westernized. <laughs> yeah, but that would that would also say too, like what do what does Western culture um appreciate and want to have in their weddings, yeah. which is hey, let's, you know, do these formalities, get them out the way, and then have this like, you know, drunk a time. Whereas for us, it's like, okay, let's have the most amount of jewelry on yeah. all the gold and all invite, of this, like all the, the people neighbor's we want. nephew like yeah. my hair stuff. cutter's daughter well, like i think it's just so useful because it is such a good display of what is valued yeah. by the two different cultures mm. like but, but also like the people that are that get the best of both worlds like our shoes basically at this point you know we get to pick what we like from both mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i mean even you experiencing and that, sometimes doing both is double the work yeah, or like, you know, minimizing it to to a certain degree. Nah, not for girls, because we got all the all the girl festivities in South Asian culture plus American culture, and then we gotta do both of no, them. No, but I'm saying like not everybody wants that, right? Mm -hmm. Like some Pakistani girls or Indian girls also just want to be like super minimal with it. And what I'm saying with like you guys- Do you know somebody like that? Yeah, I know a lot of girls that will say like, I say, don't want to do any say. of this stuff. What? Say they say that, uh -huh. but they end up still having a bridal shower, seven dolkies, a bachelorette, all the all the two cultures well, combined. It's, it's a lot of times their friends too. That right, do that. but that's still because that's a part of what's expected. I mean, at this I know point people that have taking done, both that have done like way less or just yeah. done like a day yeah. or something. I have experienced a lot of brown women getting married, and yeah. it's never been minimal. <laughs> yeah, um, but you guys, you know, seeing traveling, you know, Charlie, you being in Germany, so I feel like you have that same sort of. Uh, choice to make when it comes to like, oh, it can be done this way. Here is another way. Are there certain things about like your own lives that you, um, you know, wouldn't typically do when you go to these South American countries or Charlie, like when you go over to Germany, I don't know how much you travel beyond that, but that's my only reference right now. If there's something that comes out of the travel that changes the way that, I do that things. changes. Yeah. Like trajectory of your life, basically like, oh, I'm going to adopt this now. I mean, I've considered moving to Germany and living in Germany. I think that's mm -hmm. probably the main, the main result of that. What's stopping you? Well, it was COVID. Mm. Now it's all on me. <laughs> <laughs> Max, anything? Uh, as far as like traveling affecting how I think about things, or yeah, I mean, like anything that you just do differently now. I, I don't know if you notice it about each other too. Like if oh, you know yeah. you, you ever see Charlie and you're like, oh, you do this differently. You're like, you think this way. Well, yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know the the obvious thing is just seeing pretty much any country that is not um, you know westernized or developed mm -hmm. and seeing how because you know I mean there's what seven billion people on Earth and I think something absurd like four billion of them live on you know. A dollar fifty a day, mm. so um, just 
sort of that awareness that that uh, there is this whole other sort of way of being and way of living that is just makes the Western lifestyle look just so, um, I guess, you know, selfish and mm-hmm. sort of wasteful. Yeah, I mean, like it is coming from like a kind of um, nationalistic viewpoint and like wanting the best for your country and yeah. no matter what it takes. Has that changed your lifestyle? Well, I mean, I think, you know, I still obviously live in the United States. So mm-hmm. uh, you are surrounded by that. And I think it makes me sort of question why people value certain things. Like, is it important to have a nice car? Is it important to have nice clothes? Like, is that, yeah, is that worth our human effort and labor? Or, you know, I don't know. Has there been anything that stood out to you that is not straight up worth it that you just stopped having in your life? Or in your well, I don't practices? know. I mean, I guess I just don't really aspire to like own a lot of material things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's a complicated issue because it's not like not consuming material things is going to suddenly make the world a better place. There are many countries that rely entirely on the demand of U.S. consumers to even exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we weren't consuming so rapidly, those countries would have no economic output. Yeah. And so it's a, obviously a complicated issue. I want to ask too, like, Charlie, you probably do a better job at blending in uh, when it comes to Germany. But with Max, do you get a lot of looks being as tall as you are and looking different, um, you know, in, in the certain countries you go to? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to remember because it's been, <laughs> it's been so long since I've really done... You uh, must feel travel. it though, for sure. I mean, even even like at our events and like all yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I do have one sort of distinct memory of being in the Tijuana airport and being like a foot taller than everyone else <laughs> in the airport. Mm-hmm. I mean, you looked at it like that at our weddings as well. Like yeah. at my sisters and stuff, you would just see, where's Max? And you, all you, you have to do is just look around and see the guy like poking <laughs> out. Tall white guy. Yeah, so that was the thing. Um, what is your guys's goals uh when it comes to like what you want out of life i know that you're always kind of like um questioning things and and traveling and all of that but like what's what's your kind of like thing that you want to be satisfied with by the time you're out of here (laughs) yeah i mean there's a lot of different curated answers to that question um (laughs) Um, Press in the book. I mean, He's going to read an excerpt. <laughs> Give it! Give me the book! <laughs> <laughs> Is it your book? Did you write this? No. I Do you write books? I did write a book. It was never See. published. <laughs> or it hasn't been published. It's um, easier than ever to publish. Yeah, but that self-publication is just... Uh, you don't even have a bookmark in there. How do you know where you're going? He has it memorized. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning of existence. Oh my oh gosh. God. I mean, I, I, do I really Jeez, want to read Charlie. this line? I don't know. I, there's he reads the another, whole book. There's another line that I wanted to read. Um, but the answer to the question could be, you know, an, an individual answer or it could be sort of more of a communal answer, right? What so happened? I could be like, look, my goal is to... Well, it's whatever you want. We're not looking for anything. Yeah. I'm just cu- I'm just curious. So great are the mystery and paradox of Christ that Kierkegaard's pseudonymous spokesman is willing to speak of the incarnation as an absurdity and have faith in it as a crucifixion of the intellect. Sure, a crucifixion of the intellect. <laughs> Let's choose that as my life goal. Um, Wait, is that how that whole book sounds? 
Yes. <laughs> and you um, read that whole thing? Um, yes, but uh, I would say um, at an individual level, my goal would be just achieve a certain amount of peace and hopefully from hmm. that, a certain amount of joy. And um, uh, probably comes more from, uh, as Kobe Bryant said, uh, don't lead, serve. <laughs> nice. Oh. Max? Uh, well, my goal is to be like sod. <laughs> Which is what? And own three houses. <laughs> own three houses. <laughs> no. Materialistic things. No. Shout out sod. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think like uh, I see a lot of value in like, uh, you know, starting a family and like, being um, like a father. Is that, is that why you buy all those dogs or <laughs> around all the dogs? You always have a new Test dog run. around you. How many dogs do you have? Just one. <laughs> so how do you always- Well, it's it's other people's dogs that you're always playing with, it seems. Yeah, or taking care of. Well, I mean, my mom's dog features quite often. Uh -huh. um, the the My dog- Is that are, the one that licks peanut butter off your face? Yes. Our, <laughs> our dogs- Why'd you do that? I was curating a profile. Curating a profile. Um, <laughs> our, our dog's Well, what made sister. you put the peanut butter on your face? Amber has a problem with that. That's why she's asking. I she, thought she that it was funny. Oh, okay. Um, our, our dog has a sister because when we adopted them, we adopted the brother and the sister. The sister lives with um, Danielle's friend. So that dog is sometimes around. Got it. So there are three dogs that you may see. Is that a common thing that you do? Let dogs look peanut butter off your entire face? Uh, that's happened once. Ah, <laughs> okay. He would, he goes through these things sometimes where like, even when TikTok first started, you were just like off the rails. Or maybe that's just how you really are all the time. And maybe that's how I was, describe it. Maybe it, was a, <laughs> a maybe it was a profile that I was curating. That's oh true. And you did mention that then too. You were like, I'm just trying to go viral. Like this is- what people do and stuff. Yeah, and but I, th I think you have you to take joking. that all with a grain of salt. No, no, no. no. You were joking. Understand yeah. that it was very uh, ironic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway. it was it was funny. Um, let's do the last portion of this podcast, which I can't wait to see what this is. But yeah, um, yeah at the start, end of, with, start with Charlie. At the end of every podcast, we ask our guests to describe a flavor um, and why that flavor would be them. All right. So the flavor that I'm thinking of. I've only had once and it was in a, <laughs> it was in an ice cream parlor in someplace in Michigan that we went with our family. And I was intrigued because it was called blue moon. Mm -hmm. It's like, so fitting. What is, what would that taste like? Is that from like the alcoholic like beverage or something? I, I don't think it's connected, but, um, it, it tastes weird. Um, I couldn't really describe it. It's definitely not blueberry. It's kind of, it's just like a creamy flavor that maybe tastes a little floral. That okay. would be my flavor. And Confusing that's you, and floral. Just kidding. Well, it, it seemed like it was from an outer perspective mm -hmm. almost, like of how people might describe you. Right. Blue Moon. But it tastes good too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, a little bit sweet. <laughs> Max? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been thinking about this for a while and <laughs> my flavor is uh, plain Greek yogurt. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Why? Plenty of protein. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And what I find intriguing about plain Greek yogurt is There's that nothing. it kind I'm of kidding. tastes disgusting on its own. But if you add like, you know, fruit to it, it's quite good. Hmm. And so is fruit the other like aspects of your life that you like 
ads. I, 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 we'll leave that up to interpretation. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Was this podcast everything you hoped for? It was pretty successful, I think. <laughs> I think I probably came across as a little bit more um, abrasive than I would have liked. But no, no, we just weren't prepared yeah, for we it. And then I wanted to make sure we go in a direction. So like, yeah. we could, like, are we going to have an intellectual debate? Are we going to go down the story We needed route? to set the floor for an intellectual debate because we kind of jumped into it yeah. after shaving the beard. After and I, shaving just, the, I think the it was beard a harsh thing. transition. And, and I was just looking at Charlie the whole time and, then and wondering rapping. like, what's going through his head. There's, yeah. You got to throw <laughs> all the distractions in there. You know? <laughs> the Greek yogurt is filled with all types of fruits that don't belong. Yeah. Um, no, but this was fun. Um, yep. Come back another time. Uh, start your own podcast for sure. Yeah. You guys, if you had a podcast, that would be incredible. Really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, is Asan available? <laughs> he's like he's like yeah guys I can't do strange flavors anymore we're gonna, we're gonna poach your producer <laughs> I'm doing the Deucey Bros um, that's yeah, a cool you're, name you're um, you're an incredible friend and uh, you're always like in amazing energy to be around I'm yeah. glad that we have met Charlie now as well yeah. um, we're dying to meet Toby who is no longer looks like Toby but Thank you for coming here, all the way here. And thank you to your guests and your one audience member for being here as well. Um, for everybody listening at home, this has been another week. Another flavor. A little less stranger. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.